Greetings and welcome to The Well. I'm your host, Sean Barkley. So glad to have you with us today. If you're wondering why we call our podcast The Well, think about this. In ancient times, in biblical times, the well was not only a place where people would go to get life-saving and life-essential water, but it was also a meeting place. It's where people would go to enjoy community and fellowship. It's where they would go and connect with other people. It was a gathering place to go and exchange ideas. And so that's what we do here at The Well. In fact, I was thinking the other day that in the 21st century, The Well would probably be the equivalent of the coffee shop or the bar. It's just kind of where we go to congregate and have some time together. And so what we talk about at this particular well are matters related to life and faith. And we do so from a a Christian perspective and a Christian worldview. So I'm glad to have you with us. Uh, Our topic today is calling and what it means to have a calling from God and maybe even some tools for thinking about what your calling might be. And I have to tell you, one of my biases is that we all have a calling from God. And it doesn't mean that it's you know, only Christian vocation, you know, you, the only people who are called are pastors and missionaries and people like that. No, God has a calling for each of us, and our task as followers of Jesus and the church is to help others find their calling and live that out. I think that's one of the greatest things we can do. And so I tell you, the reason I started thinking about calling was just the other day I was looking for an image that I was going to use in my work for a presentation. And I found one. I was Googling some images and found one on Pinterest. And I really don't know much about Pinterest. I've heard of it. And so I wanted to capture that image. I couldn't capture it without first joining Pinterest. And so I decided I'd go ahead and do that. It's free, which is my favorite price to pay for anything. And so I joined Pinterest. And immediately the first question I was asked before I could join was, Describe things that you like, things that you are interested in, things that you are passionate about. And so I thought, hmm, you know, I really haven't thought about that in a long time. I mean, what is it that I really am interested in? And so I started rehearsing in my mind what I might say to answer this question, and I was surprised by my reaction because what I did was start thinking about what others might expect me to say. Others might want to hear. Others might think is cool or appropriate. Rather than think about what it is that I truly like, that I'm truly interested in, I was thinking about other people and what their expectation might be. You know, for those of us who are in the public eye, our image is important, and so I was thinking about my image, and some of us are into image crafting or branding, and I've always tried to avoid that, but we do And so that's where my mind was, and maybe you would have the same reaction. But then I realized nobody else is going to listen to this but me. I mean, no one else is going to have this information but me, I mean, presumably. And so I thought, why am I spending so much time worrying about other people? And so I grabbed my journal, and if you do not journal, let me say that is a great discipline to have, just to keep a journal. I I start a new one every year, and if it's not filled up at the end of the year, I still put it in the drawer and and purchase a new one and start all over again. So I started writing in my journal the things that I'm genuinely really interested in. And so I wrote things like sports, basketball, and baseball, and football, and golf, and 
I like to play golf. I like to cook. I like to grill. I like to build a fire in my fire pit and sit in the backyard with my wife and my son and my dog and maybe have a craft beer and just enjoy a nice night. I love going to live sporting events. I love to go hiking. My wife and I like to walk together. I, I do like to exercise, but I don't want to go crazy with it. And so I just kind of listed all these different things. I, I listed that I have an old pair of boots. They're leather boots, and I've had them for years. I love to wear them. I like the way they look. I like the way they feel, and I like to take care of them, as weird as that might sound. And so that was really an interesting exercise for me to think about the things I truly like. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you're thinking, I really need to determine what it is my calling in life is. Or maybe you're working with one of your children or a friend or you're mentoring someone at church. Whatever the case may be, let me just offer some thoughts on helping find your calling, helping you find your calling in life or helping someone else find theirs. The first thing I think needs to be said is that as I mentioned, we each have a calling in life, and it's not just pastors and church professionals. And our calling, I think, is found when we identify the things that we like, the things that we are inclined toward, the things that we feel interested in, the areas that we are gifted. You know, you kind of get my drift. All those kind of things together. And then we look at the opportunities in front of us, the needs around us, and we see, is there an intersection between those things? Is there an intersection between the things I love to do and the opportunities around us or the opportunities around me? And when we find that, I believe, there lies our calling. There's an interesting story I read not too long ago in Inc. Magazine. It's in the January 2019 issue, and it features a man named Craig Margolis, he was formerly the senior manager of global strategy and branding for Infinity, which is a subsidiary of Nissan, the automobile corporation. High-powered, making lots of money, influential, exciting life, all that good stuff. And his parents both died within a relatively short time of one another. And it created this moment in Craig's life where he thought, what am I going to do? I mean, am I truly doing what my calling is? Or is this a moment that God is saying there's something else for you? And so he makes this comment in the article. Life is beautiful, but it moves very quickly. And you and I know it does indeed move so fast. And so he started thinking, what are, what are some things that I like? I like business. I like coffee. I like people. What are some of the needs that I see around me? You know, after his parents died, he realized that, that there's a need out there for us to be able to express our feelings for other people in the way we give them gifts. Uh, we need to be able to give people gifts that make them know how loved they are and special they are and valued they are. So he starts thinking, okay, I, I like all these, I like coffee and business. I think there's a need out there for people to be able to express how they really feel about someone. And so he started thinking, what's my sweet spot there? What's the intersection? And he thought, why not a specialty coffee business that is uh, geared toward gift giving? And so he hatched SIP Coffee, S-Y-P Coffee, and it basically is a specialty gift coffee business. 
And he basically says what we do is we want people to be able to give a stunningly well-packaged gift that is delicious and personalized to someone they care for deeply. And so he goes on. What undergirds every transaction, every action, everything we do is the belief that we want people to feel something when they open a gift. And so he's created this whole new business, Sip Coffee. Do you see what's happening there? He's looking at life. He's saying, okay, here's what I'm good at, business. That's where I'm experienced. I like it. I love coffee. I'm interested in coffee. I care a lot about people and relationships. And I see a real need here based on what I've been through and based on what I've seen for people to be able to give this stunningly personalized gift. And so Sip Coffee was born. I would say that is his, is his calling from God. Now, does that sound like Christian ministry or vocation? No. But it is, in fact, what I believe is a God-given gift. There's a terrific passage in the New Testament, if you're not familiar with the Bible. Two Testaments. The Old Testament is the story of God's interaction with his people, the chosen ones, the Hebrews. The New Testament is the Messiah Jesus and the life and times of Jesus and also the life and times of the early church. And one of the primary writers of the New Testament is a man named Paul. He was an early follower of Christ. And he wrote a, a series of letters, one of which was to the church in Colossae. Colossae was a very metropolitan, cosmopolitan city. It, it was located in what is today Turkey. And the Christians living in Colossae in that first century were trying to figure out how do we live out our faith in this wild and crazy place. I mean, Colossae had all these different gods and goddesses that were worshipped, and of course the emperor was worshipped. It was a part of the Roman Empire. All this stuff is going on. There are temples and monuments and shrines all over the city to these gods and goddesses. And they're just trying to say, what does it mean to trust and follow Jesus in this context? And Paul writes to them and essentially says, you can find your vocational ministry, you can find your calling and still live in that place. Chapter 3, verse 17. Here's what Paul writes. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, I know that's, that's a huge mouthful, and I get it. So let me just kind of isolate a little piece of that for you. The very beginning of the text. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Christ. Do you hear what he's saying there? He's, he's basically saying all legitimate quote-unquote work, all legitimate quote-unquote activity is holy before God, not based on the nature of the work itself, but based on your faith. And so whatever it is you feel called to do, that can be ministry. Sip coffee, even if Craig Margolis hasn't identified it as such, can be his ministry. And so you and I can have a ministry, whether we are in Christian vocational ministry or if we're teaching the public schools, if we're a doctor, lawyer, an artisan, a craftsman, whatever the case may be, we, that can be our ministry. It can be holy before God if we have faith in Him and offer that work to Him. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it in the name of Christ and give thanks to God the Father through him. 
In my mind, that is great advice for those of us who are thinking about calling. So I appreciate you spending 10, 15 minutes with me on our podcast today. Again, if you don't keep a journal, consider it. We're going to talk a little bit more about journaling and about call next week. But until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye now.